today on the talent cast ah, i'll get right to it snapchat can you really use it for recruiting i mean really use it for recruiting let's find out Howdy! Welcome to The Talent Cast, where we talk about the new world of talent acquisition and recruitment marketing. I, am always, am your host, James Ellis. Uh, I was bitten by a radioactive recruiter once and discovered I had strange new powers, and thus, we are here. This podcast is not sponsored or supported by anyone whatsoever. We have instituted a 100% no-pitching rule. We're here to learn, teach, and discuss so we can all become better recruitment marketing thinkers. I'm not here to sell you anything. If you like this podcast, and I really hope you do, tell the world on LinkedIn and Twitter and any other place you're professionally social. I'm pretty sure your friends don't care. Uh, You can always review us on iTunes or Google Play. We really appreciate that. Uh, As always, if you have comments, questions, topic suggestions, if you would like me to discuss uh, your particular problem, if you know someone I should interview, reach out to me on the Twitter. It's The War for Talent. That's right, The War for Talent. Or just go to our website. We're at thetalentcast.com, thetalentcast.com. Otherwise, here we go. Hope you enjoy. Hey, it's James Ellis. Uh, uh, I was about to say reporting from, but recording here, broadcasting here uh, from the bunker uh, deep in the heart of Chicago. So how you doing? Good morning. Uh, getting back in the swing of things here. We had a couple of interruptions with our process, but that's hopefully fixed and squared away. So there you go. And I want to dive right into Snapchat. That's right, Snapchat, the big sexy thing that everybody is talking about. I'm looking at I'm, I'm keeping an eye on Twitter chats and I'm keeping on conversations and that's the thing that everybody's talking about. You know, their new year resolutions of what will you be doing differently in 2017? Snapchat, 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 Snapchat. And, ugh, you know, everybody wants to talk about it. Everyone wants to, you know, thinks they can do it. It's the, it's, the, the numbers are staggering far more, you know, quantitatively far more images are passed and seen than on Instagram. Um, huge market penetration in the 13 to 25 year old, maybe even 28 year old. Um, everybody seems to be using it. Everybody seems to be talking about it. You can't troll Twitter or, you know, at this point I've seen on LinkedIn, a uh, little Snapchat, Snapchat QR codes. Hey, who knew QR codes? They're good for something. Just took a uh, 10 years and a whole set of technologies just to catch up, I guess. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about Snapchat. So if you haven't used Snapchat, and if you're over the age of 28, there's a good chance you've heard about it but never actually seen it. Or you downloaded it, couldn't figure it out, and gave up on it. And I get that. Now, as we all know, I'm deeply old, I'm 44, but I am seemingly always surrounded by millennials. I have sisters who are 20, uh, what, 19, maybe 20, so 20 and 24, 25. Uh, I have you know friends who are very young. <laughs> it's, it Trust me, it's all around me. Uh, and I've been forced to play with it. And by forced to, I mean I was thrilled to play with it. And then the added bonus is that I have a tiny little kid. She's a two-year-old monster. And the nice part is is that when I'm not around, my wife will send me snaps of my kid saying and doing the goofiest, weirdest, stupidest things ever. Um, not the sort of things you want to keep for posterity. Not the, you know, I, Trust me, there are butt shots when we were toilet training. Uh, no, no one needs to keep that, but it's hilarious in the moment. It's the thing that keeps you sane in the middle of toilet training. And for the parents in the room uh, who get this, you get this. Um, so I love Snapchat. I really do. I think it's a fantastic tool. 
but <laughs> is it something you can use for recruiting? So let's talk about it. Let's, if you haven't used it, you should absolutely get into it. It's a, it's a fantastic medium, super visual, super fun, super goofy. Everybody, you know, when it started off, it was part of this set of, of tools called ephemeral social media, meaning it disappeared or dissipated you know, within a set time limit. And the idea is that if I send you a snap, a picture or a short video, less than 10 seconds, 24 hours after I send it, it will disappear. Or I can send it to my feed of friends and 24 hours later it will just go away, whether you saw it or not. And it's very uh, hard to record that stuff or save that stuff. And at least that's kind of the heading it was under. It's not hard to save a lot of this stuff, some of these stuff. Um, but it's really designed for, think of it as gossip. Think of it as, I didn't have that conversation. That's how, I don't know how I know that fact that that person did that or you know knows that. It's, it, it's gossip. It's a gossip level kind of tool, which as anybody who works in an office of more than two people knows, gossip is incredibly powerful. So you know that's the kind of model it's living under. You know the fact that it gets you know tacked onto a lot of adult situations where adults are sending pictures of adult things back and forth in a manner that you know protects them because the the, the, the the pictures disappear very quickly and makes it safe to do some very adult things, whether or not everybody knows about it. I think we all catch my meaning. I don't think I was coy about that. Um, yeah, sure, that's part of it too. But let's be fair, every technology you know comes on the back of, of adult ma material. Everybody knows the story that VCRs only really happened because pornography ex you know exploded and suddenly you could actually, you didn't have to go to a what I presume to be a sleazy film or a sleazy theater to watch that sort of thing. You could do it in the comforts of your own home. Um, let's be fair, the, you know, if you've seen the Middleman movie, you know, the credit card processing exploded it was, is as easy as it is. You know, Amazon does one-click ordering on the backs of figuring, you know, people figuring out how to get five or 10 or 20 or 100 bucks out of you to see naked people do naked people things. Um, so, you know, whatever. Adult stuff is is, a, is certainly a motivator for many people, and it's a driver of technology, no question. So there you go. So let's just ignore that part. So if you, when you're on Snapchat, one of the nice things about Snapchat is that it's not user-friendly. I mean, it really isn't. In fact, it's almost by design. In fact, I think if... And, and Snapchat, by the way, as an aside, is notoriously secretive, is notoriously notoriously secretive. You think Facebook is, is, is quiet about the stuff it's working on? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. This is Pentagon-level notoriously quiet. Um, they are very shy. They don't do a lot of interviews. They don't do a lot of announcements. Suddenly, just one day, boom, you have these new features on your phone. You have these new tools. When they launched payments, uh, was it a year ago, um, which, by the way, I still kind of shake my head at, um, no one saw that coming. No one knew that was happening. It was just boom, suddenly you have payments on your phone through Snapchat. And you're like, oh, okay, great, I, I guess. Um, so they don't talk a lot. They don't tell you a lot of their strategy. They don't give away a lot. It's kind of like an alien showed up, dropped some technology on us, and zoomed away on their flying whatever, and we got to figure out what it is and how to use it, which has its own sets of interesting features to it. By the way, coffee? Mm, there you go. Thanks, Steve's blend. Um, so it's nice because one of the things is that in order to learn it or in order to figure out new features, it's not well documented. Uh, yes, you can go online and other people will document it, but they don't really document their stuff very much. It's only recently do you have things where if you're going through a story, it actually says if you click the left third of the screen, you can go back, and if you click the right thir two thirds of the screen, you can go forward. That is a very, very, like in the last month, uh, invention and announcement. Usually you just kind of have to 
push things and press things and look at things to figure stuff out. And I, that was almost by design, I say, because the goal of Snapchat is to be incredibly social. It's, it's, it's supposed to be incredibly social. It's not a broadcast medium. It is an interaction medium. They want you to have conversations on it. They want you to go back and forth. And one of the things by having no documentation, it effectively forces, and let's remember their market, who are teenagers and millennials, to say, who to stand next to each other and show each other how they figured out how to do that thing. So the fact that you are baffled by it is not a bug. It is a feature <laughs> to use the Microsoft parlance. Um, it's almost by design. So don't sweat that. The fact that it's a little goofy and a little weird and you feel about a million years old when you use it the first couple of times, just kind of grin and bear it, get through it. Trust me, there's a lot of cool stuff on the other side. Once you're in it, here's the thing. You, when you go to LinkedIn, in fact, frankly, if you're still on LinkedIn, as most people are these days, um, how often do you get that alert on your phone or on the screen that says, hey, would you like me to look at all your email addresses and see how I can connect you to every single one of them? Like weekly? maybe monthly, LinkedIn is like a puppy dog desperate to get you connected to all of your email contacts. It wants to connect the world. And that's their mission. I get it and good for them. And that's not how Snapchat works. You want to find all your friends on Facebook? Eh, it's like two clicks away. You want to find people you know on, on, on Twitter? Not too hard to do. Snapchat, very, very difficult. Most people do not. You have to turn a setting that says allow people to see me publicly. Meaning um, if I'm friends with you in real life, uh, and I know, you know, I've got your phone number and name in my contact book in my phone and you're on Snapchat. You have to go into Snapchat and turn the thing on so that I can see you. I have um, at least 10 friends. Thanks for asking. I'm kidding. Um, and only a handful ever show up on my uh, people you might know. And trust me, I know, you know, I, I, my email's chock full of weird people and cool people and interesting people and they're not on Snapchat even though they're definitely on Snapchat. They just never turn that on. So it's very hard to find people. And you have to go looking for them. You really do. You know, you have to have it. You know, Snapchat assumes an established connection and relationship with someone before it opens that part up. And this is just a tiny piece of this. We're going to go into a lot of different parts of this. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this to illustrate the idea that Snapchat is different. You can't treat it like you treat everything else. You can't treat it like another broadcast medium. You can't treat it like Facebook. Um, you know, your organic reach is a hundred percent, pretty much, right? Um, but in order to survive that, it makes it very hard for you to hit a thousand people or a million people or 10 million people. It's, you know, you already have to have people in love with you and then drive them to Snapchat and have them jump through a couple of hoops before they even find you. Um, so there's that. So beyond that, how do you use Snapchat? Now, obviously, the features are very straightforward, and, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of tutorials online that will go into the deep, cool features like stickers and, and bitmojis and stuff that I kind of go, okay, now, now I'm really old. I don't care about that stuff. Um, the emojis are cute, but in the, the bitmojis where you make little stickery things of yourself and you can make them say almost anything and you slap them on top of your video or your image and you can even tack them in place so as your video moves the sticker seems to be tacked in space to the video so that it if you pan right the image pans left and all this good stuff cool cool technology certainly um but i don't care it's it's that's not no i don't care um and that may be my age showing up uh, there you go um couple of pieces to talk about so how do you 
One, if, if we assume there's a deep penetration, you're trying to reach the, let's call it the 22 to 28-year-old market, Snapchat is a natural consideration. If you're reaching out to recent grads or soon-to-be grads, yeah, Snapchat has got to enter the conversation. Even if you just say, look, it's too hard and I'm leaving, you have to consider it. It's too big a player to not consider it. So the question becomes, how do you reach these people, first and foremost? Well, that's hard. And again, by design. On some level, I think, this is a personal feeling, um, I think face, uh, Snapchat is taking a very anti-Facebook approach. Facebook, when it first started, um, as, as in famously noted in the social, media, social network movie, um, you know, we don't even know what this is and you're gonna sell some ads to it. So they took a long time to figure out what they were to really develop an audience, to really develop how people used it and understand it and throw some features on it and you know, statuses and, and, and news feeds. And you know, for those of you who remember the, the riots that occurred when everybody suddenly, when Facebook suddenly made the feed public to everybody and suddenly what was already public was suddenly very public and everybody freaked out and blah, 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 blah. It took a while for Facebook to go, okay, we got the audience, we got the eyeballs, they use it, the amount of time they spend on it is insane, it's time to monetize, baby. And then they turned on an ad, set up an ad network and uh, ad tools and made it very easy for anybody with 25 bucks really, uh, probably even less, to just walk into Facebook and say, I wanna take this ad and send it to these people. How many people can I reach with 25 bucks? And Facebook says, and face, you know, the automated tool says it's 20 or 15 or two or 50 or whatever the numbers, and there it is. And it's a whole completely self-serve transaction, much like the rest of the internet. Um, there are tools to make it easy. There are you know ways of estimating reach. There's ways of saying, okay, if I'm only talking to people who like cats but not dogs and who are really big into, um, let's skip Justin Bieber. Let's go with something a little more obscure. Let's say they're really into 21 Pilots and I only know about that, that band, my sister. Thanks, Rhea. Um, and they're, you know, let's see, high school graduates, but they haven't started college yet. And they're men. And, you know, and we're just going to start throwing criteria at this thing. Facebook will tell us every step of the way what kind of audience we're talking about. You know, you start at 65 million men in the, you know, in North America or whatever that number is, or it's probably much bigger. You know, then the age range narrows it down. And then interested in this band narrows it down. And also interested in this what we say cats not dogs also narrows it down each step of the way you get tighter and tighter and tighter uh you know uh, queries and that really kind of narrow the audience down to whatever you think is important and facebook will throw any crazy ass query at it and they'll tell you what the number is it makes it super easy for you because what it wants is your money right you know that's rule number one to making business if you want to make money make it easy for people to give you money so that's how facebook works and uh, frankly that's how twitter works and frankly that's LinkedIn's got a tool. The money's a little different. Um, you want to go on AdWords and do an SEM ad? Same thing. Google has tools and Yahoo has tools and all these things. Bing has tools. All these places have tools to make it super easy. Snapchat, less so. Um, Snapchat has made it very, very hard, again, I think on purpose, personal theory, for people like you and me, i.e. bigger brands or brands at all, to broad leverage their tool to broadcast. They want their tool to be friends to friends and only have get access from you know to brands that really care that really you know that they really care about. It's not about how do I so right now on Facebook, cool cool goofy weird thing. Um, I got ad pitched a T-shirt for people who have lived in Hohokus, New Jersey, and then moved to Houston, which I'm pretty sure is a 
audience pool of me. <laughs> Hohokus, New Jersey is like a dot and a half, is a half a dot on a map in New Jersey. It's a mile by a mile and a half. It's like 4,000 people. Um, how many of them in their life have moved to Houston and they made a t-shirt for me? Now, they didn't actually make the t-shirt. What they did is they designed a t-shirt design with some data query elements in it. It says, if you've been from blank and you moved to blank, you should wear this t-shirt. And if I said, yeah, I want that t-shirt, they'd print that shirt on demand. No, that's all that's cool. Facebook makes that super, super easy. They want to encourage people to create businesses on the back of Facebook, to hyper-target these audiences such that only certain, you know, only people, certain people match these crazy criteria. Um, and that's how that's supposed to work. So really what it's, it's done is open the, the, the floodgates up for everybody from your Googles and, well, people not Googles, but Coca-Cola and, you know, big advertisers, you know, Procter & Gamble, which I think I brought up last time. I'm sorry, I'm on the Procter & Gamble front. Um, you know, Pepsi and Coke and, you know, people who spend a lot of money advertising and brand advertising. And then, but really teeny, 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 tiny businesses um, who can really do hyper, you know, my mother uh, owns a faux finishing business in Houston. And, you know, the number of people she would want to reach with an ad is probably in the triple digits at most because most people don't want her services, don't like her services, or can't afford her services, or aren't in a position to support someone with those services. So she really has to hyper target. And that's Facebook loves that because to Facebook, all that money spends the same. Snapchat, since it's really based not on, hey, we can broadcast our message and we have these eyeballs, Snapchat's model seems to be um, we're trying to create relationships. And you can't have relationships with Coke, with a million big Cokes. At least that's their theory. Whether you can or not, I'll leave that for a branding podcast to talk about. Uh, so they've made it really hard for brands to do it, and they've really set the bar up. So if you really want a channel on Snapchat to broadcast to everyone, that's a lot of I mean, that's a lot of money. You want to sponsor a augmented reality Dorito um, uh, face filter thing that moves when you move? That's a lot of money. Um, yeah, so they set the bar really high. And so only a handful of players can really play in that space. Or people who, you know, and I think of uh, you know Refinery29 and a couple other, you know, Brother. There's a couple of businesses or a couple of publications that have spawned recently that have invested heavily in Snapchat because that's where the audience is and they've made real deep partnerships with Snapchat. They're you know they're bringing uh, the Daily Mail for example out of Britain um, huge sponsor you know partnership with, with Snapchat where they're you know in my feed I can always see if I want more Daily Mail stories about a Kardashian or a British page three or page six or whatever they're called um, model who I've never heard of and that's all gossipy. That's, they've created deep relationships. So you are probably never, ever, ever, ever getting in that game. You're probably never, ever, ever going to be able to afford a Dorito-style augmented reality filter. So why be on Snapchat? So if you can't broadcast, if you can't reach these people automatically, and, oh, we haven't even gotten into the how, how do you get people to reach? So because it's hard for people to reach out to people, you can't see, see all my contacts. You can't dump in a CRM's worth of email addresses and, and find the 100,000 people on Snapchat uh, who already liked you on Facebook or already liked your ask for your email address or whatever, you have to have them find you. Now, you can make it easy by having a, a simple handle that's clear, but really you have to market that you're on Snapchat to be even remotely effective. No, here, let me help you out. If I start a WordPress blog and I launch it, I can guarantee you it will be two days before someone tries to find, if someone finds it, spams it, and tries to illegally sign into it. Things on the web are easily findable. Right between Google and all sorts of other cool tools, things on the web are super findable. 
Facebook, open gra- you know, the open graph or the Facebook uh, friends graph or what it was called, that was all about how to make things super findable. Snapchat is not about easy finding. It's about oh, there's a path, but you got to know. It's kind of like a speakeasy where the door's hidden, there's no label, and you have to know the secret knock to get in. But you know those two things, it's easy to get in. No one's going to bar you from the door, but you have to know those things. They do not make it easy. And again, I think that's on purpose. So you have to market that you have a Snapchat channel. So you have to go on Twitter and Facebook and maybe spend some ad money and maybe, I don't know, do all sorts of stuff. And maybe when you're at your uh, career event at your university or campus event, you have to have signs that make it very easy that you're on Snapchat. And when you do that, go get yourself a copy of that little Snapchat QR code, and there's documentation on how to do that very quickly, and make it easy for people to scan. Turn on your find people near me settings when you're at that university thing. You have to do that. And when you do that, you have to go back to standard marketing rules. The fact that you're on Snapchat is not a compelling reason for people to follow you on Snapchat. I'm sorry, it's not. Nobody cares. There's enough cool stuff in this world to see, do, and play with that I'm the fact that Big Brand X is on Snapchat is a compelling, I don't care. Nobody cares. But if you say, you're going to learn about X. You're going to see Y. You're going to get access that you've never had access into A, B, and C that job seekers might care about. There you go. That's called marketing. That's what you want to do. So do not shortchange that process. Do not shortchange that step. If you want any traction whatsoever on Snapchat, you have to, and I'm like big, double, bold, super caps, have to market it. If you see that Snapchat is an inexpensive platform to use, and it is, and you say, great, we're going to use it because it's inexpensive, you are missing the part where no one will see you until you market yourself. Simple as that. Now, the fact that you're on other social channels makes it a smidge easier. You can push that around. But again, you have to have a compelling reason, which means you need a strategy, a messaging strategy. What on earth are you going to put on your Snapchat? Now, the basic model of Snapchat is you get up to 10 seconds worth of, of a picture or up to 10 seconds worth of a video, and you can stitch them together, and you just kind of stream them out as they come, as you make them. You can have a login. You can pass it around recruiters. A single recruiter or a single recruitment marketer can own it. But what the heck are you going to talk about? So here are a couple ideas that you might want to consider, at least questions to ask that can help you come to an understanding of how to use Snapchat. So one way is you can have question and answers with recruiters, you know, much in the way that Facebook Live and Periscope and those you know things do. Um, but, it, but really... I think that's a safe and ineffective answer. I think that's the easiest way to go. If you want to get your feet wet, you want to test this out, and not from a does it work, but more of a can you guys figure it out model, sure, do that. Go for it. That's easy. Um, your recruiter, if that they don't know how to have a quick Q&A, then they're doing something wrong. So it should be pretty easy to do. Um, but that's not compelling, and it's not really using the channel. Um, you know, there's, there's this, this concept that as new medium appear, because it's new we take the forms and the models of the old medium and try to apply it to the new. So when TV came out, we just made plays on TV until someone figured out, you know, if we start to cut from camera to camera, it's an art form, and then there's fades, and then there's filter, and there's ways of changing it, and suddenly you can zoom in and zoom out and have different perspectives, and suddenly TV became its own art form. You could do, suddenly you did things on TV that a play could not do, right? when the internet came along, when internet ads came along, they looked at the newspapers and they went, well, they have those ads and they're in this shape and they stick them in the columns and the sides of newspapers. So let's just 
co-opt them and stick ads, and thus the banner ad was born. And it took a while before other ad models, interstitals, pop-ups, all those other things, before they became, you know, web only. It took a while for us to figure out, okay, what's special about this medium and how can we leverage that? So you're seeing, you know, you're going to do see a lot of people who say, okay, I know how to do streaming video and audio now because I have Facebook Live and I've, I've played with Periscope a little bit. So I'm just going to do the same thing in, in Snapchat and I think that's wrong. I mean, it's a good start, but that's the beginning. You need to tell stories. You need to tell interesting stories. You need to do beyond day in the life because the best part and worst part about Snapchat is it goes away a day after it happens. A day in the life story is compelling and interesting and can have a half-life over a long period of time. On Snapchat, it's gone the next day. So you have to set up a strategy in which you are perpetually, and I mean perpetually, feeding this beast. If you're not throwing stuff on Snapchat on some sort of regular basis, if you're... Um, focused on just one day a month you're going to use it and you're going to use it like crazy and then disappear, you're not going to generate much of an audience. You're not going to generate that kind of use. Now, the nice part is, is that recent updates of Snapchat have allowed people to share things easier. So let's say I happen to follow your brand for whatever reason and you post something super cool and it used to be that was the end of the story. <laughs> Maybe I would screenshot it and you would get a little message that says James has screenshotted something um, and then you would know nothing. Now you can actually, the features inside of Snapchat allow me to send your image to someone else on Snapchat I know. So there is more of that networking effect, you know, that friends of my friends might see your stuff. So that's available to you, but it's not the whole strategy. So just so you know. So what are you going to talk about on Snapchat? What can you do? Um, you know, I, I, I encourage you to not think of it as an advertising medium, as a media type model where I'm just going to broadcast, we have jobs, we have jobs, we have jobs, or we are cool, we are cool, we are cool, or ping pong table, beanbag chair, free beer. Um, yeah, that, no, this is not the place for that. You, you Useful stories, certainly, but this is not the place for that. Um, it's, it's again, I'm going back to old model. I'm, I'm thinking of really, really, really old um, movies started, not just, be, you know, even after they were talkies, so to speak, even after sound showed up, they would start with screen after screen of text, right? This is a visual medium. This isn't a textual medium. You, you, what you're wasting my eyeball is putting text on a screen that isn't credits that you legally have to put up there. So get out of the way. Go tell a story. That's good filmmaking, right? To to set the stage and explain where we are and who these people are and what they're all about without having to extrapolate or, you know, explain it all in a couple of slides of text, you know, Star Wars notwithstanding. Um, you know, that's good filmmaking. So don't try and you so, so effectively use the medium for what it is. Don't try and push jobs. Don't try and push the same old, same old. You have to tell a story. It's not about a medium that you push information. It's about how do you tell interesting stories and how do you tell them over and over again. So other stories you can tell. Um, if there's an event, you want to cover the event and show the inside and the outside of the event. Just interesting stuff um, just to get your, your feet wet. Should you use the filters and tools? Absolutely. Show that you are not... Um, you know, my grandfather trying to play with some new cool toy, you're just, you, you are of 
the community. You are of the medium. You understand Snapchat. And that means playing around with filters. And it means, look, you got a phone. Go download it. Go play with it. Go take pictures of your kid or your dog or your house or pretty sunsets or whatever the heck you want to do. I got a friend of mine out in London who um, very often documents his bicycle commute from wherever the heck he lives to downtown London um, and the insanity that is <laughs> his commute. That's a fun thing. Um, document he documents how he makes food he's in a stir fry he experiments with things and he's testing and he's learning and this is how he's showing people how he's doing it he knows 20 40 50 people see this thing and that's fine um but it's of the medium it's it's short little snippets of information so you have to use it too you have to be of the medium you have to be part of it again how do you latch on this idea? And I've come up with a lot of ideas, but how do you bring it back to recruiting? So starting from square one, you have to have an audience, which means you have to market the fact that you have a Snapchat channel on it. You have to market it to people and say, look, we're going to give you inside scoop, or we're going to give you access to things you won't get anywhere else, or we're going to have conversations, or we really want to know what you think, or um, watch us for a year as we take this adventure where... Um, we take this team of entry-level staff and we show them all the different pieces of our company and we, whatever. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but you have to connect that compelling reason back to the marketing. If you just say, follow our Snapchat um, and you'll see cool stuff, I will say, um, yeah, I got other things to do. No, I'm good. I'm good. Not compelling. But if I get to see people learn and I get to see things I wouldn't normally see, that's a lot better. Um, and frankly, once you have it, once you have to do that, give the Snapchat account to those kids and say, look, you are, let's be fair, you're the experts here. You know what's going on. Um, record it. Connect it. Here are some basic guidelines, and they're probably just give them the same social media guidelines you have for every other channel. You know, keep it work safe. You know, don't talk about other brands. Try to avoid anything that gets sued, and uh, away you go. Tell interesting stories. Don't get too personal. Um, and let them roll. I think that's the first part of it. If you have a campus event, you want to advertise ahead of it that you are having the Snapchat channel and that, you know, what are you going to do with the channel? What, what are you going to show on the channel that they're not going to see when they walk up to the booth? Is it something, you know, and, I, and, and, and right now the marketing part of my brain says, you know, just the pure marketing says, okay, what you do is you build a contest and anybody who... Um, takes a picture of X and sends it back to the brand before the event gets a prize and to which I say, so what? So what? How does that actually encourage recruiting? How does it encourage brand activation? How does it encourage engagement with the brand beyond, I want the free thing that you're offering? How? And if you can't, don't do it. It's just a, it's a gimmick and I'm not a big fan of gimmicks. Um, you got to tell, I mean, it all boils down to you have to tell a compelling story. Again, coming back to me, the old man in the room, and why I like Snapchat is because I get to have goofy, and I mean flat out stupid conversations with my sisters and my friends, or I get to see the dumb things my kid does. Um, I get to see the nice, my favorite snaps are from my wife, where she takes a picture of my kid doing something stupid, and she drops an incredibly hilarious and snarky caption on that thing killers those are the best that's the finest comedy the audience of me i mean there's not <laughs> this is not going to be uh uh, uh, uh louis ck stuff this is for me and of me and that's kind of the magical thing of snapchat the stuff that she's sending is not for a million people it's for me her three or four best friends her two sisters or three sisters depending on the, con the context and that's it that's it but it's engagement it's deep engagement 
and that's what Snapchat's all about. So again, the first thing is to remember that Snapchat is not a broadcast medium. It is not a billboard. It will never be. I, and and I, you're seeing new features come out, and and you know nice cool things are happening with it. Oh, I, you know what? I totally forgot. Um, we'll come back to this. I was almost closing there. I want to finish. I don't want to finish this idea. So the other feature that everybody likes to talk about is the geofencing and the filter. So not the augmented reality filter where the puppy dog face happens or um, the sad, cl sad clown happens or the really scary bunny one, which my kid hates, but she loves the puppy ones. Um, not even talking about that. Let's, let's stay out of the augmented reality. And by the way, do you know Snapchat is the world's biggest augmented reality company right now because of what they're doing here? Yes, that's right. Take them seriously. Anyway, um, so I was saying, so, oh yeah, so geofencing. So you can have that filter where um, it applies a uh, a visual overlay, like a Chiron on a, on a, on a TV show, um, that you can make whatever. So you talk to your creative team or your, your graphic designer and you get the specs on what it should look like and there's some rules on what you can and can't do or what you should and shouldn't do and definitely follow those. Um, and frankly, you should keep it creative and interesting and fun and not boring and here's my logo because nobody cares. Um, you know, use that. And so once you have that and you upload it, here's where Facebook, I'm sorry, Snapchat has done a really smart job. They have made some self-service self, self uh, uh, tools and this is the big one and it's the geofilter. So what you do is you go in and it shows you a big old Google type map and you go in and you zoom in on a space and you maybe it's a campus, maybe it's an office, maybe it's a city. Um, and you draw a line around it and you kind of, you know, literally you, you, you very, very clearly draw uh, a very complex or simple box in the space you want. So I want this square block or I just want these 17 square blocks or I want this campus over here. And I want this filter to be available to anyone in that space between the time of this and this. And from those two uh, criteria, Snapchat will come back and say, that's going to cost you 50 bucks or that's going to cost you 5,000 bucks, depending on how big the space is, how many people are in that space, and how long you want it for. So if you go to Boise, Idaho, and you pick three square blocks, um, and you draw a line in it, and you say, I want this for an hour, it's going to be nothing. It's going to be just no cost at all to do it, you know, whatever the bare minimum is for them to do it. If you go to New York City, and you circle Times Square, and you say, I want this for three days, it's going to say, get out your checkbook, this is going to hurt. It's purely in the num It's purely a reach function. How many people could this potential filter reach? Now, knowing that, how do you use this? Well, obviously, if you're talking campus, perfect. Put a big, put one filter around the actual event so people at the thing can see it, and have a call to action at the booth where you say, "Look, go on Snapchat, look at our filter, take a picture, and send it to us." That's engagement. That's a start. Show people, and then you can collect those photos and use them other places. So you have some whatever the prospect prospect generated content. That's how far we've gone. We went from user generated content to employee generated content. Now it's prospect generated content. I think I just coined a phrase there. I think I have to go, I think I have to go trademark that. Anyway, while my lawyer's on hold, um, have them shoot you that picture. Now you know who they are, you can follow them and you can encourage them to follow you. You can collect that information and it's kind of cool and it's branded, yay. Um, I would also have a couple of teaser campaigns in which a day or two before the event, maybe you circle one around the student union. And again, I'm 44. I don't know if these things still exist on most campuses. Or where do people hang out? Um, around a football game for a couple of hours. Just kind of let them know. And it, you can do different creative and say, look, we're having a hiring event. Come meet us. 
we want to meet you. Uh, and, and your creative person will come up with some cool graphics to kind of make that clear. So that's another fence you can do, and that's kind of around the campus event. And you can even drop one on a campus now and then when you just want to remind people you're around and it's all about brand engagement. It's you know super cool. You could also do broader advertising. If you know there's a big event happening, you can drop a fence around you know, a big football game or a big basketball game. If you're trying to reach college graduates in North Carolina, I'm sure the Duke-UNC game is going to be not cheap. Um, but certainly, you think people aren't going to be on their Snapchat flipping through filters then? Yes, they will. Um, certainly, that's one thing to do. And here's kind of a mean one. So, you know, you guys don't know. I'm, I am at least 48% evil, so you can take this one as you want. You can choose to use it. Let's say your company X, and you really want to let people at your comp competitor know that you're hiring, so drop a geofence around their headquarters. They can't stop you. Ha, ha, ha. And brand engagement, and you can... And remember, you know this audience. These are people that working at Company Y, and so you can have a message tailored for people who are already in that company. Hey, you should definitely apply. People at Company Y, we want you to apply to Company X. And again, talk to your creative person to find a way to make that interesting, clever, and shareable. And trust me, when one person in the company sees that, it will spread like wildfire. Everybody will know about it. It'll be a thing. It'll be hilarious. Again, a little evil. Otherwise, um, any other hiring events, any other um, recruiting events you want to be at, conferences certainly useful. If you're if you're trying to reach, um, uh, you know, I don't know, analytics gurus, go find the analytics conference and drop a fence around that. Pick it for a couple of hours. That's all you need, and collect it and just let people know. It's a great way, great inexpensive way to do it. How inexpensive? Well, let me tell you a little story. Friend of mine named Adrian. Hey, Adrian. Um, he's not going to listen to this. He's Adrian is literally too too cool to listen to my podcast, and that's fine. Um, he did it for his cat's birthday. I kid you not. It was fantastic. Um, it was cute as all get out. It cost him like 60 or 80 bucks to do one tiny little square block in Chicago at night for a couple hours during the duration of his party so that everybody at his party could take pictures of the party that was branded. The world is a crazy place, people. If you haven't figured that out, pay attention. Come on. It's just crazy. So there's another way. Um, other ways of getting people to use it. You can ask people to send you pictures with your filter and send them to you so that you can enter a contest or so that you can engage in a conversation or that's the entry point to talk to your recruiter on Snapchat or whatever. There's there's all sorts of goofy things to do. All right, so that's when I, yeah, geofilter. And like I said, the nice part about the geofilter is it is completely self-serve. Go log in right now. Just Google Snapchat geofilter self-serve and boom, you'll be right there. Go play around with sizes and durations and you can see what kind of price time, prices we're talking about. It's it's not um, crazy expensive. It's really not for something cool like this. And frankly, if you're in an industry where no one else is thinking of this, congratulations, you just upped your cool factor by a factor, by a cool quotient by a factor of 1.7, uh, which is a, a good number, I guess. All right, so there you go. So to sum up, because you know that's what you do at a podcast like this, you gotta market your Snapchat. You gotta market the heck out of it. You've got to have a compelling reason, meaning you've got to have a messaging strategy. What are you going to talk about? What are you going to show? What's in bounds and what's not? Um, is it going to be exclusively about a day in the life or life inside your company? Or is it about, here's what our employees do outside of the company. I know plenty of companies for whom one of their big selling points is that 
yes, during the day we all do these things, but at the end of the day, since we only hire deeply interesting, cool people, they go off and do, you know, they get married on our, on while mountain climbing, or they, um, you know, they start a TED group, or they do a thing, or they do, you know, maybe the whole channel is about what we do after after work hours, you know, after, you know, after hours or whatever it's called. Um, you got to pick a compelling messaging strategy. Then you want to leverage the tools. Don't, don't be suckered in, into thinking you have to do augmented reality or, or be one of those big um, publications that owns a channel on, on Snapchat because there's, there's no way. There's no way. Don't even bother. Uh, but you can use the geofences and you can use the filters and you can use the tools inside it to really kind of work with it. Um, I'm sure there's a way to kind of start to tap into the Bitmoji. I think it's too early for you guys to worry about that. This is a walk before you run kind of thing. So let's learn to walk, and these are the ways you walk. So like I said, Snapchat, incredibly powerful. Um, they're super secretive, so all everything that says they're going to IPO, it's all theory right now. Nobody really knows what's going on. Nobody really knows what the plan is, um, but it's certainly plausible. Um, if they're going to IPO, they're going to open the doors a bit more. They're going to have to make their advertising tools a little more effective. No one knows if they're making any money yet. No one knows if if these tiny little geofences. Here's an aside. Does everybody remember? Like uh, I think it was 2000. And, I want to say four. I'm making that number up. When Google went public at 800 bucks a share, and everybody kind of went, "Whoa, whoa, what? Are you crazy?" And then they opened their books. And suddenly, everybody realized exactly how much money Facebook was making. I'm sorry, what Google was making in those stupid little AdWords ads. They were making so much money. No one expected it. It was a tiny little thing. It's this tiny little thing, and everybody's like, "Well, gosh, how can how about how can Google making any money?" And they're spending all that time building server farms and, and scraping the internet and, and delivering things super fast. And then there were rumors about how they had multiple server farms in the U.S. so that they could deliver results faster because if I'm in Chicago, the server farm was in Indiana instead of in California. And the, the time it takes for the information to cross 70 or 80 miles instead of 2,000 miles was much, much faster. And you know you hear these stories about how Google's spending like crazy and growing like crazy. And then it turns out they open their books and they're making a bajillion dollars on advertising of you know, a handful of characters in the right space and you go, oh, what? No one saw that coming. And I'm wondering if Snapchat has that same thing where they, they open up the, the doors for how much they make on filters and it turns out they're completely profitable or maybe they're completely in the red. No one knows. So if they're, that's a complete aside. Um, but as they open their doors, one of the things they're going to have to do is to be a little more marketing agency type people friendly. And that's not just agencies, that's you. Uh, anybody who does marketing, on a scale of any sort and is trying to broadcast messages, that's they're going to have to open some tools. But being Snapchat, given how um, particular they've been about opening those doors, don't expect um, an inst uh, a Facebook kind of business manager or ad manager tool where you can just figure it. I want to broadcast. I want to make sure every time Bill Gates shows up to Facebook, he gets my message, which, by the way, there's a ways to do. Not that Bill Gates ever shows up on Facebook. Um, I don't know that you're going to get that from Snapchat. So really what they want you to do and they highly encourage you and I concur is to work within the model of Snapchat. That is be personal, be interesting, be engaging and they will and have a conversation and don't treat it like a like a broadcast medium. So there you go. That's Snapchat recruiting in 42 minutes. So there you go. Uh hope you enjoyed that. Hope you had a good time. We're going to keep this going. Uh, like I said, I apologize for the interruptions and lapses in service, such as they were. We're all fixed now. Um, 
So this is going to go out a couple of days, and then we're going to talk. I don't know what we're talking about next, but we're going to keep this going. So thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for saying nice things. If you want to talk to me, if you want to complain, if you'd like to issue me a some sort of series of congratulatory uh, texts, Twitter is the place to do that. That's at The War for Talent, or you can just go to our podcast website, thetalentcast.com, or go to iTunes and Android Play and, and leave a kind review. We really appreciate those, really do. Um, if you've got ideas for the podcast, love to hear them. Really, 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 really would. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for sharing, and I will see you next time. Bye.